Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to episode 71. Hi guys, how are you today? It's Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Yesterday there was a UFC fight. And while watching the fight, there's a couple times I was like, hmm... Aaron sitting, like, if Aaron, if you were there sitting there next to me, I would have asked you this question that's, I've never, like, so do you, obviously DC's a pro, like, he's a, his his background is wrestling, but, mm-hmm. but in your perspective, sometimes DC is, like, he's put on the spotlight and he's, like, he's their wrestling uh, pro, like, expert, like, they often defer to him, like, hey, DC, what do you think about this wrestling, blah, 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 blah. Do you actually think the stuff that DC says is actually, like, on point, or is he sometimes a little full of shit? Uh, I think when he's being the commentator, he has two modes. He has, like, analyst mode, and he has just big dumb fan mode who's just Mm -hmm. watching and be like, hey, look at that. And sometimes they cut to him and he's still in big dumb fan mode and just stuff will come out of his mouth. And, uh, but no, I mean, like, he's very, very knowledgeable at wrestling. He was an Olympic wrestler. Like, when, when he's actually in analyst mode, the stuff he says is extremely accurate, I think. So that was one thing I wanted to ask you. The second thing I want to ask you, obviously, is Aaron's girlfriend. Yeah. Roxanne Modafari. Modafari. She retired. Retired. It was her last fight yesterday after a very long career. She's a pioneer in MMA, women's MMA. Uh, what what are your what were your feelings? Were you sad, Pants, or were you like, eh, whatever? We kind of outgrew the meme on the show. Like we, we haven't even discussed that. Yeah, so we have, I, I never really hit it, hit it again. Huh? No. So I, I, the fact that she fought that long, being, I mean. I'm trying to like if you saw this woman, you'd be you're like, what does she do for a living? You'd be like, mm, like assistant librarian, maybe mm-hmm. uh, kindergarten teacher. Like she she is very very unassuming, and despite the fact that she's a trained fighter and works out a ton, isn't particularly physically imposing. And the fact that I mean she she's been fighting for like decades now, and got to the USC and got wins and everything. Like great for her, but uh, you know it's it's probably time to move on like she she's actually engaged yeah she's gonna she's gonna have sex with a human male ostensibly do you think that her and her guy have had sex before or do you think she's been saving herself for marriage you know what not something that has really kept me up at night (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't 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 like I, i remember her on uh whatever season she was on tough and i think one of the coaches was like he wasn't like really flirting with her, but he had like said something that like was kind of like, "Hey, you know, but, like fucking around with her, but still like kind of in a sexual, but not really." Yeah, way. she did not get it at all. Yeah, it would like went completely over her head. I thought that was kind of fucking funny. Yeah, even the commentators yesterday were uh, like, uh, like they like they were trying to be polite, but they were like, "Yeah, she was never the most skilled, but she has a lot of heart and she's happy and blah 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 blah." It was kind of. Kind of fucked up. She's like pretty good at jujitsu. Not amazing, but well, of of all the arts, that's her. Her strength is the ground. Her her jujitsu is probably like the her best tools. Um, Her striking's like was (laughs) rudimentary. She was getting hit a lot. She's just this little uh, assistant librarian wannabe who 
doesn't understand sexual innuendo just over there in Japan, like fucking fighting in like like cage fights when that I mean that was barely a thing for for men, let alone women. So she she's a a true character in the sport. You know, congratulations, Roxanne. I know you're probably listening. Yeah. Uh, to to a great career, and then wish you the best in your future endeavors and marriage. Yeah, good good job. Uh, and if you guys ever want to spice something up in the bedroom, you know, you, you've gotten past like missionary, you've tried other things, and you're like, you want to bring a third in, I'm here for you. Oh, wow. Just, just let me know. Just throwing it out there. Ooh, that'd be... <laughs> oh, man, a three-way with Roxy and her dorky fiancé. Anyway, um, she was a real gladiator. Do you know where gladiators came from? The Roman times. And you know what else is crazy about the Roman times is that the emperors in Rome were sick motherfuckers. I don't know if that transition worked or not, but I tried. So make fun of me later for it. You know, what I found is it's a lot better, like whatever transition you do, if you stop and sort of like acknowledge the transition, that really makes it perfectly smooth. It's like it's like uh, it's like explaining a joke kind of thing like it's not funny if you have to fucking explain it you idiot just fucking just let it go let it go anyway degenerates history degenerates history the 11 most sexually depraved did, did they have morse code back in ancient rome yeah uh, huh oh, duh we're learning they already were, they were the first to, to to discover it the 11 most sexually depraved things the roman emperors ever did i'm gonna read the little the little preface thing and then kind of just gloss over the mm. Anyway, the emperors of Rome could be wise, just and kind. They could also be vindictive, cruel, and insane. And for and most of all, they could be the worst perverts the world has ever seen, at least according to ancient historians like Suetonius, Pliny, and Cassius Dio. Here are nearly a dozen of the most immoral, disgusting behaviors the rulers of ancient world indulge in, supposedly. Chances are most of these were rumors made up by political enemies or gossiping plebs, plebs, whatever, however you pronounce that word, but hey... Just because they may not be true does not mean that they're not at least somewhat entertainingly perverse. Number one, niece marrying. The emperor Claudius married his brother's daughter Agrippina. Agrippina? His brother being long dead, thank goodness. His affections were ensnared by the wiles of Agrippina, daughter of his brother Gremonicius, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, uh, he boned his niece, married his niece. What do you think about that? Mondo, not great. <laughs> like, like Biden, Biden's almost already there, so there's not a really whole stretch. Not great. Well, I mean, because here's the thing: like, it's it's his brother's niece. So is he just looking at her when she's a little girl and like, mm. like, oh, I can't wait. I was gonna say, oh, I can't wait till she's 18. They weren't fucking waiting until they're 18. She's like, I can't wait until she's 11. Right. She's a ripe age. Fucking crazy. That's I. I don't. Yeah, I'm not gonna touch that one with a fucking 20 foot stick but uh i that's just gross um number two hiring anal sex experts okay oh not okay now we're into the sensible <laughs> stuff continue <laughs> no no judgments on anal sex here but putting professional anal sex experts on the imperial payroll is a bit much on retiring to capri Tiberius devised a pleasance for his secret orgies. Teams of wantons of both sexes selected it uh, as experts in deviant intercourse and dubbed analysts. Not analysts, analysts. Uh, copulated before him in triple unions to excite his flagging passions. You know what? You can either pay the analysts to work their magic or you can pay the cleaning crew afterwards. And I think 
there was a wise move by the emperors to hire those analysts. In case these pros were somehow not up to the tasks Tiberius put them to, he had a sex library full of illustrated work so he could just point to what he wanted. Dude, that'd be awesome if you had like a wall chart. Do, like, do you think there were like different one. different like tiers in the analyst command structure? Yeah. You're, you're like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the captain analyst. This is my assistant analyst. Whoa. Or, or, or just, you know, like what Tiberius did, like having a, you know, when you go to a haircut, sometimes they have like pictures of like the different hairstyles on the wall. You're like, oh, I want my hairstyle like number 12. This guy had pictures of like sex stuff and like, I want to do that one. That'd be kind of cool. Number three, the animal game. Nero was so into being a, as depraved as possible, he supposedly defiled every single part of his body that he had to think up of some pretty original ways to keep it fresh. He at least devised a kind of game in which, covered with the skin of some wild animal, he was let loose from a cage and attacked the private parts of men and women. Basically, is like like this is like uh, the origins of uh, furries. Furries just just gone way too far. Though. <laughs> yeah, he was actually wearing real women like animal skin and uh, chasing after motherfuckers. That's crazy. I mean, that is like a slippery slope with porn, though. If you watch too much of it, like it, you, you just you just find yourself sinking lower and lower. Yeah, you go kind of numb, filthier stuff. So that's he. He was just doing that, but like IRL. So yeah, he ended up being the first furry. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Um, number four, sister fucking. Say, oh sure. <laughs> say what you want about Caligula, but he was really, really good at incest. <laughs> he lived in habitual incest with all his sisters, and at a large banquet, he placed each of them in turn below him while his wife reclined above. Oh, okay. Pretty cool. So it's family activity. Uh, his sister Drusilla was his favorite, having had sex with her when she was, when he was but a boy, and when they were grown, he simply took her for her legal husband for more fun from oh. her legal husband. His other sisters, he was somewhat less fond of, and thus he only often prostituted them. Oh, okay. So he wasn't just a sister fucker, but a sister pimp. He was an entrepreneur. Uh, again, with so an emphasis on the preneur. Just just like what they either, just like what they say about the music industry, how like no music is original anymore. It's all the like copies. Mm-hmm. Porn. I mean, look at this. This. I mean, how much? How many like fucking things on uh, Pornhub are like uh, like stepsister fucking and all this weird shit? Well, at least this was like his bylaw. That's kind of gross. Yeah, we um, needed uh, we needed the Italians to invent pizza and then Julius Caesar to invent pizza places just so we could have an original porn where they deliver pizza. And then put their dick in the hole. Number five, sex rest stops. Here's an idea you've probably never had to make these long road trips more enjoyable. Set up stops full of prostitutes along your way. And when you do, thank Nero. That's called Reno. (laughs) Is Reno like that? I've never been to Reno. No, I haven't either. But I I, I believe there are prostitutes in Reno. Nice. Just like, yeah, they're in Nevada. Um, Whenever he drifted down the Tiber to Ostia or sailed about the Gulf of Baiae, Bay? Uh, booths were set up at, at intervals along the banks of shores, fitted out for debauchery while bartering matrons played the part of innkeepers and from every hand solicited him to come ashore. Better than vending machines, that's for sure. There's a thing with rest stops now where it's supposedly like we're like gay dudes going. Yeah, I don't think anymore. I think that was a thing like maybe in the 90s or so, but I think gay dudes, they've got grinder now. They don't need rest stops. <laughs> technology number six motherfucking (laughs) in in terms of sexual depravity nero even put caligula to shame by going to the source so to speak and having sex with his own mother agrippina Uh, how did people know 
Uh, so they say whenever he wrote in a litter with his mother, he had incestuous relations with her, which were betrayed by the stains on his clothing. Oh. Ew, cum stains, give it away. Uh, lastly, when Nero was emperor, people tried to keep him from fucking his mother, mostly because they were afraid that Agrippina would get too much power from the relationship. It should probably... <laughs> that, that was their issue. <laughs> Not that it was wrong. Like, fucking Romans. <laughs> It, it should go probably without saying that eventually Nero tried to murder his mother by putting her on a break-apart boat. Oh, as you do. Pretty cool. All that's, right. That's, that's just some, like, cartoon villain-level shit. <laughs> she, he's going to put her on a break-apart boat, and then she's going to... Was she going to drown? How, I, but but what did his... I mean, he was if he was banging his mom, what did his mom do that was so bad that he had to, like, kill her? I don't know. Maybe, maybe in a future... Uh, installment of Degenerate's History, we can dive she deeper was, into Nero. She was not cool with anal, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll dive deeper into Nero and find out how he dove deeper into his mom. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, creating an imperial brothel. Caligula was found with spending money, but not so good at making it. Mm. After depleting the coffers at one point, he had the bright idea to turn his palace into an impromptu whorehouse to leave no kind of plunder untried. He opened a brothel in his palace setting apart a number of rooms, furnishing them with with the suit of grandeur of the place, blah, 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 blah. So basically, <laughs> he turned the, the palace into a fucking whorehouse. Pretty cool. He was like, all right, I spent all the money, sisters. Let's let's get to it. Dude, I wonder if he would, yeah. He make, had, make Uncle Caligula some coin. Do you think he prostituted his sisters? It's, yeah, it said it. And oh. the other one just, just before. Oh, he, I didn't pay attention. Those words came out of your mouth. (laughs) Didn't stick. Number eight, part-time prostitution. The Emperor Emperor Elagabalus, who ruled from 203 to 222 AD, outdid Caligula in this regard. Elagabagus set up a brothel in the palace and pimped himself. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know what? So, like, take one for the team, you know? You you, got to lead by example. You want to fuck the emperor? $500. And you could say, hey, I fucked the emperor. Yeah, I don't think they had dollars back then, but understood. Yeah, yeah. Number nine, making a man his wife. Oh? I'm not talking about gay marriage here, at least not really. I'm talking about Nero taking a man and making him a woman in the worst way possible. Oh. Oh. He castrated the boy Sporus and actually tried to make make a woman of him. And he married him with all the usual ceremonies, including a dowry with, and a bridal veil. Took him to his house to attend, uh, attended by a great throng, and treated him as a wife. Eunuchs, uh-huh. when having sex with men and women, just wasn't enough anymore. Holy moly. That's pretty fucking... That's pretty... But, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to open a Pandora's box, but I think we're kind of... <laughs> I think we're kind of heading in that direction here. Uh, anyway... Number 10, Tiddlers. Nero would definitely open Pandora's box and stick his dick in it. Yep. And my dick in the box. Number 10, Tiddlers. In in quotations, I don't know what that is. We'll find out. Emperor Tiberius loved to swim, and he apparently also loved being pleasured by children. Oh, no. I don't want to read this one anymore. (laughs) Uh, In a feat of inspiration, he managed to combine both these hobbies into one. He trained little boys, whom he termed Tiddlers, to crawl between his thighs when oh. he went swimming and tease him with their licks and nibbles. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Okie dokie. Uh, God, uh, fucking Roman emperors. What, like, what was it? Because there have been other powerful you know, dynasties and things like that. And they were, yeah, they were fucked up. There's, there's definitely some, some drunk with 
power uh, tendencies that, that come with the job, but none of them were this fucked up. Well, dude, I mean, like, just think about the whole Epstein thing. Like, when they, there's a thing, like, in your, in these guys' minds when they've had so much power and they can just get away with so much deviant shit that they just, again, they go numb to the normal stuff and they probably, they do this weird, uh, depraved sexual stuff. The last one is going to be very uh, disturbing. Forewarning. Number 11. Baby fucking. Oh, and and we're done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to read that one. Can, he, can, can, I, can I just add one that, that, that's not on this list that I actually found strangely endearing? This was So this wasn't on this list. This was about Caligula. Because uh-huh. he did a lot of fucked up shit. And, there, and I'm reading stuff about him, and there's this one where it says, like, Caligula was very, very fond of his horse. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh. Like, where is this going to go? And then, and then apparently it was just, like, completely platonic. He just, like, loved his horse. So he had his giant, like, marble house built for it. Like, his horse had its, had its own house. And then before he uh, Caligula was assassinated, which I mean, that part may completely make sense. I would also kill Caligula if I could have. He was he was trying to like uh, promote his horse to like a, a spot on his council, Ooh. so it'd be like an an official advisor for the for the at the empire, and like I'm like yeah he was insane, but you know what something about this seems strangely wholesome compared to uh, mother sister and kid fucking and baby fucking. Oh no, I'm just trying to forget that one ever happened. That's yeah, just, no. I I actually read it. I don't want to read out what it said. Yeah, but it don't. is very disturbing. Don't. <laughs> Moving on from disturbing, depraved, degenerate shit that uh, Roman emperors did, we are now going to talk about the this, uh, this uh, degenerate shit we did. Uh, moving on to the world of Reddit. Hey, Aaron. Uh huh. Reddit question number one is: What was the first thing you did when you turned eighteen? I I have no idea. <laughs> I can't remember specifically like anything that I did. Where I'm like, oh, I'm eighteen. Like, great. Yeah. The, there there was something I did when I turned seventeen. Okay. Because my parents said. Like, I remember I was 15 or 16 and I wanted to take a, a road trip by myself. And the whole time I was a teenager, they're like, yeah, when you turn 17, you can do stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I took my first big road trip. And I do remember, though, the first sort of degenerate thing that I did after turning 18. I don't, this was, this was the summer, like, you know, so I, I have a birthday in January. So this was probably like July or August. But we did go to a Philadelphia strip club. That was the first time I've ever been in a strip club. And the f- I, one, I remember it being like really dark and dingy and crowded. Uh, I remember running into three guys from our high school <laughs> who were like, I don't want to call them like geeks, but they, they were like very like entrepreneurial minded where they were like, yeah, we're like, I remember they were like buying donate domain names. Like this is like late nineties and yeah. like trying to sell them. And like, yeah. I think one of them ended up owning a bunch of like row houses in Philadelphia and being kind of like a, a landlord. But like just seeing like these three, like kind of like geeky guys from my high school at the strip club was, was very strange. But the part that stands out the most was, I mean, the, the strippers were just super drugged out of their mind. I mean, Hot, hotness though. Scale no, of one to 10. No, <laughs> no. Caligula would have been like, uh, no, thank you. Really? <laughs> they were not hot. And they were, I, and, and, Part of it was probably again like I recognizing people under the influence of anything was not really in my forte at that point, and they were so fucked up. Or even I was like, oh no, like there's drugs involved here. Yeah, I remember the one 
was just who's on the stage was just just doing anything she could to try to get a couple bucks. Yeah, get money, and she was like st- like sticking like cherries in her pussy, mm. and then she was like five dollars for pussy cherry, and she was trying to like get people to buy them. You know there are dudes that pay that uh-huh. shit though, and I, yeah, no, a hundred percent. That's why she was doing it, and then someone I think was just trolling her, and he's like ten dollars for an ass cherry, and she was like she was just I mean she was fucking high out of her mind and she's like you can see her thinking about it i'm like no don't do it she's like five dollars for ten dollars for ass cherry i'm like don't stick that cherry in your ass (laughs) and then she did and i was just like okay i'm leaving (laughs) fuck this place it was just like the dingiest dirtiest philadelphia strip club and that might be the experience that uh initiated me into strip clubs and why i never really liked them afterwards I don't know if it's just me, but I think I've had pretty damn good luck in strip clubs. I I I don't I'm not a big strip club guy from just from the jump. I'm not, but the few times I have gone to them, I've been pretty lucky where they've been attractive-ish. I mean, goddamn, when I was 18 or 19 or whatever, my my first strip clubs, I fell in love with like five girls. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see what. Uh, yeah, what did I do when I first turned 18? I wasn't like the biggest like wrestling fan. But I did watch like WW whatever the hell it was that was like a hit at the time, and I remember uh, that chick Sable was 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 supposedly in a, like a centerfold for Playboy magazine. So when I turned eighteen, I'm like, I gotta go buy that that Playboy magazine with Sable in it. I want to see her naked, and I did. I bought it. I felt pretty weird, but when I walked out, I was like, Oh, this is awesome! I got naked chicks in front of me. Because you gotta remember, kids. Porn was not as accessible as it is nowadays. We didn't have the interwebs. We had to use either magazines or VHS tapes or... I mean, there, there were some websites out there run by some just just kind and generous heroes <laughs> trying to get that content out to the, the young people of our generation. And by so they kind would, and generous, huh? Aaron means himself. No, 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 no. I, no I'm, not, I'm not, you know, speaking about myself specifically, but, you know, there were some heroes out there doing the Lord's work. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so I bought the... Uh, I think I still have that Playboy magazine somewhere, but I don't know where it is. I might actually have it in my room. I have to go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first thing I turned, did when I turned 18 was uh, to buy that. It felt so weird, like, going in there and paying for it. And I don't know. It felt like I was doing something illegal. Uh, let's see. Some of the answers on Reddit. Uh, user Skelly writes, it was a Tuesday, so I went to school. Mm. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, user Flash B Bond writes, put my real birth date when making an account on websites. Mm, oh, yeah. So you had to like, if you wanted to like get into like the adult websites, they'd ask for your birthday. So you'd have to like make some shit up. Have they finally given up doing that where they're like, they, they just realize, oh, teenagers understand how dates work. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, like liquor, alcohol, like breweries and bars and shit still do that. But it's like, what's the point? Like, Really, our kids know how to just lie. And you know, what? I still don't put my real birthday on those. What do you What do you do? I'll usually put it like like a month or in a couple years off, just because. Oh. Like, fuck you! I don't want you to know my birthday. Yeah, I I do, but I don't. Whatever. Uh, last one I'll read. User delicately smoked writes: Went to the bar that had thrown me out countless times before when I was underage. The bartender laughed and bought me a beer. But wait, when you're 18, they might not be in the U.S. 
Okay, yeah, you're right. It could be some other country where the legal drinking ages. Yeah, I think in Mexico it's like fucking 14 or 16 or some shit. I could be wrong. I could have made that up, but I know that they're a little more lenient. Yeah, it's got to be 18 because we went when we were in college. We, that was like the thing, right? To go to TJ and go to the to the bars and drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the thing. That's it for Reddit question number one. Reddit question number two. What features would you put in your house if you had a ridiculous amount of money, Aaron? Yeah. You know, the one, I think we talked about this before, and I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit for not putting putting it in the actual house and building, but I feel like you need like a secret room with a revolving bookcase. Mm. I don't know what the point of that is. Yeah. Like just something fucking cool in there. Maybe, maybe like there's like a secret room and that's like where like the hot tub is. It's like a little like hot tub slash man cave, and you like pull the book out. It revolves around, and it's just all the man cave stuff you would ever want, just hidden in this one little little room. But the main thing is the bookcase that pulls out because like that little like eleven year old part of your brain, you're like, oh, this is cool. I have a secret room. We'll just light up every a- single Aaron time. Would, Aaron would keep his Batman outfit in there, like a fucking. Uh- Bat cave or like the like in Peacemaker that the dad keeps his uh white dragon or whatever the fucking KKK villains costume in. Mondo, I don't have a Batman outfit. This is just a shirt. I have a Spider Man outfit. Oh, okay. Fuck wow. you. <laughs> you could keep that in there. Uh that'd be kind of cool. I never I, I that'd be desirable. Um if I had a ridiculous amount of money and I had a ridiculous house, I one hundred and seventy two percent would build a fucking moat with a drawbridge. Uh, no, why? Cause you keep to, to keep the, the my enemies away <laughs> in case they ever want to. It just looks cool. T- tell me, having a moat does not look like having like an actual like big old house. You know, maybe with a drawbridge. That's never like it's never crossed your mind. Is like I want to have that. I'm like, yeah, I would like a lot of standing water just surrounding my house. Yeah, you have like. Uh, like like alligators and shit in your moat. So right, like, and like insects and bugs yeah. and then like bacteria and then it starts smelling gross. It's all right, dude. It no, would thank keep, you. It would keep my enemies away from me. No, thank you. What, 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 what enemies do you need to keep out? The government. By, by water. The government. Your, your enemies who are like, oh no, we're going to get Armando, but our only weakness is a small amount of water. We, we, we're, we're thwarted again. We can't get to him. Yeah, fuck you, intruders. You can't cross my moat. That's what I would do. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm kind of glad that you don't have a ridiculous amount of money to build a house. User My Karma Ate My Dogma. I love that name. Uh, r- r- writes heated bathroom floors. Mm, okay, uh, you don't really need to be rid- uh, ridiculously rich to do that. I could put those in if you wanted. I have that in my bathroom, and I just leave them on all day because it's kind of nice to go into the toilet and take a shit in a nice warm room. Do you have to pay for electricity? Yeah, and my electric bill is pretty expensive. God damn it. Fucking Colorado. Anyway, yes, to answer your question. Okay. User Electric Lear writes, secret rooms, secret passages, water slides, and puppies. Okay. I, obviously, we were a little bit like, uh, you know, I like the idea of secret passages, too, that, that you definitely lose some floor space, but I guess if it's a huge house, that doesn't matter. I, I don't think you build puppies into a house. I mean, like, like someone, someone's tearing down the walls and they're like, oh, no. What what the fuck is that? Yeah, dude. It's like, what it's, are these bones in here? Yeah, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, the cask of Amontillado. You ever read that, read that one? Don't don't think I have, but 
Oh, dude, I remember that was one of my favorite stories in Edgar Allan Poe. That would be dope. Remember that movie Clue? Uh huh. Just secret passages all through your house. Yeah, you'd want a secret passage to like into like some like uh, heliport or something in case you get invaded by zombies. You can take your secret tunnel and then get into your helicopter. Boom. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if, if helicopters are the way to go. To get away from zombies? Rest in peace, Kobe. Oh, you son of a bitch. Helicopters are not safe. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to fly a helicopter. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, user WeTrek writes ice cellar. So basically a very long wooden cellar fridge hallway. Uh, one end would would a, would a, a deep freeze. Fucking check your grammar before you type shit on the internet, you fucking pieces of shit. Anyway, one end would deep freeze the... Then it would raise in temperature. I'm not going to read your answer because your answer is so stupid. You fucking fix your grammar, you piece of shit. User Meads24 writes, I have all of these posters of famous paintings I like. Might as well get the originals. All right. Well, uh, last one I'll read. User- Actually, that's kind of dope. Like they, it, We were thinking more design quality, but they're like, yeah, I just want a fucking Van Gogh in my house. Okay. I guess. I, I w- I'm not an art fan. Not, you don't like art, <laughs> not to that extent where I would want like the like art in my like I like look at the, my fuck I have posters only up. posters of half naked <laughs> men <laughs> duh like Caligula intended right uh, last one I'll read user stump seventy two writes a lazy river that's in the shape of a circle around my house with a rapid shoot of course see I could turn my moat into a lazy river. That's a little bit better because at least the water's flowing, so okay. it's not going to turn brackish right. as there. immediately. I will do that. I will have my, my moat will be but, a, a so flowing. How, so how is this generated? Like kind of like the Bigfoot rapid rides in like Knott's Berry Farm and the Magic Mountain where there's like a turbine that turns the water and it kind of goes down rapid okay. stuffs, and then it, that's how I would do it. All right, duh, Aaron. Everybody knows. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it for Reddit. Moving on to. Our final segment of this episode. New on Netflix, we're going to discuss... Yeah, today today we're going to review The Legend of Vox Machina yeah. on Amazon Prime. And uh, Vox Machina started out as a Dungeons & Dragons home game between a bunch of talented voice actors that frankly just got way out of control. It eventually became a podcast, and then somehow they raised $11 million through Kickstarter to make this animated series. Which, like, in of itself, that's kind of cool, Mondo. Like, yeah. Like, imagine, like, one day we have our own animated series. Of what? Of, of, of adventures and pooping and, and oh. strip club stories and who knows what else. Yep. There's the Florida Man episode. I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily has to be that well thought out because it, it definitely wasn't with, with uh, Vox Machina. Uh, and, and Vox Machina, like many D&D-themed stories, follows the adventures of a ragtag band of misfits who seemingly have no connection to one another. Uh, at one point, their gnome bard actually asks, why are we even together as a group? And I was like, yeah, why are you even together as a group? Surely that will be explained. And spoiler alert, it never is. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the positive, the voice acting is God-tier level anime dub. But I mean, you would hope that they would have good voice acting, like that's kind of their thing. Yeah. Um, they've played such pivotal roles as female stormtrooper in Star Wars Battlefront. Lust in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which was by far the, the better of the two Full Metal Alchemists, from what I understand. Peter Parker in The Amazing Spider-Man on PlayStation 3. 
and Lex Luthor in DC Super Friends. Although one credit does, I mean, I'm memeing on them a little bit, but one credit really legitimately stood out to me. Uh, and that belongs to Ashley Johnson, who plays Pike Trickfoot, a gnome cleric in Vox Machina. But she also played Ellie in The Last of Us on PlayStation 4, which, without oh. exaggeration, might be the single best acting performance in the history of video games. So, like... Big shout out to Ashley Johnson. I think that one though, you'd have to play the game to like really get the grip. I haven't played the game, so like I don't mm-hmm. that reference. I know I get the reference, but it doesn't have as much weight. Yeah, of course. That's like saying like you would need to see The Godfather to understand how good of a movie it was. Mm-hmm. Like correct, mm-hmm. but like from for, I, I can say from every video game I've ever played, and I always like story based games. Uh-huh. Like the acting in that game was just absolutely phenomenal, and I thought she she sort of had the the leading performance. So she was very, very good in that. And another huge positive for Vox Machina is the animation. Uh, Granted, it's not a uh, transcendent work of art like Into the Spider-Verse or Arcane, but it is leaps and bounds better than most anime. I mean, I'd say like at least four or five times per episode, I'd see a panel that I would legitimately hang on my wall if I was just like 1.2 times bigger of a fantasy nerd. And I I don't know if if you had that same... uh, no, like nope. there were just like parts of the show where I'd see, like I just see like one of their images. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Like, yeah, well done, animators. Like you, you've elevated this slightly above just being a cartoon, and then it goes back to being a cartoon. Uh-huh. Uh, but unfortunately, that's more or less where I run out of good things to say uh, because they obviously put that Kickstarter money into the animation and not the writing. Um, like any ensemble show, it revolves around the characters, and frankly, the animation has more dimensions than the heroes do. Uh, they have archetypes like the big barbarian who just wants to fight, the suave half-elf rogue, uh, the whiny gun-toting edgelord. I think that's a D&D class. Is that what Percy is supposed to be? I, I don't I don't fucking know what he's supposed to be. Like, I don't know enough about D&D, but I yeah. just, I'm like, this guy's the whiniest bitch in, yeah, the, yeah. in the whole show, and he shoots guns? I don't... Except uh, for when he turns into that, uh, that uh, plague... Plague, plague doctor. doctor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, those are some of the frames where I'm like, oh, that this looks neat. Like, good job, animators. You're trying to you're trying to somehow save this lame ass character. Well done. Yeah, but they, they do not, absolutely nothing to actually develop the characters past those initial archetypes. Uh, I did enjoy Sam Regal's performance as Scanlan, a gnomish bard with a heart of gold and a cock of stone. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, <laughs> he wrote that down? It's cock of stone? Yes, that's what it says on my, my script right here. <laughs> Because uh, well, because the joke is, it's like, oh look, like he's a little gnome bard, and he just wants to fuck everyone, like literally everyone. He's like, uh, he does not discriminate. He's like, um, God damn it, I can't think of the, the Game of Thrones character that Peter Dinklage plays. What's his fuck? T- uh, Tyrion Lannister. He's like Tyrion in the beginning, where Tyrion was just like this fucking. Except here's the difference: like Tyrion is a nuanced character, right? And he's he's sort of. At, at odds with the fact that you know everyone views him as, as a little bit of a freak, but he's also really intelligent and clever. Whereas with Scanlan, it's just the same like, oh, I'm trying to fuck someone joke yeah. over and over yeah. and over again. Where like the first couple times, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. And then by the 10th time, I'm like, all right, we get it. He's going to stick his dick in whatever he can. Yeah. Actually, I think most of the humor in the show consists of random sex jokes, which if you've listened to this podcast like ever, you know I'm not opposed to, but they just shove them in. Hard, no lube. <laughs> uh, that and, and frankly, that would have been like a top tier joke for Vox Machina. Yeah, you should be a writer for Vox Machina. I know. Dude. I, like, I don't even have to try. I just, yeah. Um, so writers hit us up. I guess the other the other thing is the show frequently 
ignores its own internal logic. Like, there's one scene where Scanlan is fleeing an enemy and he's trapped on top of a burning building. Or he would have been trapped if we hadn't just seen him catch himself with a giant magic hand after falling off of a cliff two episodes ago. Yeah. And I'm watching him like, did, did you forget you can do that? Like, I, I didn't forget. Like, yeah. I'm just casually watching this show. And oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. He remembered. And now he's caught himself with a giant middle finger. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, great, Vox Machina. You, you kind of just destroyed the whole logic of the show for a middle finger gag. Got it. Uh, and as far as the plot, like it, it kind of has one. I thought they did make a decision, a strange decision to have a three episode mini arc at the beginning of the show, followed by a nine episode arc that revolves around the worst character in the show, Percy, the whiny gun toting edgelord. Uh, and Mondo, I have to say on a personal note, I'm just deeply disappointed that Percy is the worst character because his voice actor's name is Talius and Jaffe. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. And uh, I'm disappointed, one, in Taliesin for not developing a more interesting character, but I'm mostly disappointed in Taliesin's parents for naming him Taliesin. Yeah, that Taliesin's parents, how dare you? You should have picked a better fucking name. Uh, so in conclusion, if you're really down for a swords and magic cartoon show with some body, if not particularly well thought out humor, this might be for you. But if you're like me and are apparently extremely demanding of your cartoons... It only gets a flaccid five out of ten stars. Whoa, flaccid. I am not I'm generally not a fan of any animated stuff really at all. Like he, like it ha, like I have to get like Aaron Aaron has to sing it high, high, high praise for me to be like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And he's like, Hey, let's check out this show. I was like, Oh fuck, a cartoon. Boo. So but then I looked at the cast, the voice acting cast, mm-hmm. and there's a number of like that Ashley Johnson chick, I've seen her in movies. I just don't remember what mm-hmm. fucking movie she was in. Uh, also on that was uh, Matthew Mercer, who does the voice of probably one of my favorite games, top five favorite games of all time, I would say, uh, Overwatch. The guy that does the voice of McCree, or now they just change his name to, to Cassidy some fucking thing. Yeah, so so he's actually sort of the ringleader. Like he's the, the dungeon master of their, right. their home game and the, the one who's sort of orchestrating the podcast. So he doesn't voice any of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is his, his little brainchild, so uh, to speak. Another actor that caught my eye for sure was Kari Payton, who uh, plays um, the king. What's it? The, in The Walking Dead, he plays the king or whatever, the, the fucking guy that has the kingdom. Um, the guy that has a tiger, basically. I did, I did not watch The Walking Dead. Yeah, so Kari Payton plays a very... Um, Joe uh, Exotic? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another actress that caught my attention is Indira Varna, Varma, who I recognize as uh, being an actress in Game of Thrones. Oh. And then okay. there was one more... Oh, Rory McCann, who plays the Hound, is also a voice in Vox Machina. Is he? Okay, you know that you were talking about the burning scene? Uh-huh. For for uh whatever the fuck the guy's name the uh, the little elf guy's name is. So that villain that's like up in that built burning building that's oh, trying that was to, the hound? That was the hound, the guy that does the hound. Well there you go. That's that's where that eleven million in Kickstarter went. They had yep. to pay the hound for a small bit hound. part. But uh but yeah, that oh then uh Dominic Monaghan, also from uh Lost and uh Lord of the Rings uh fame is does a voice. Uh so there's there's a bunch of like I, I guess you could call them cameos because they don't play any of the principal characters. They usually just play these side characters. So that being that I like recognize some of these actors, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And uh, because because the show 
it's like this, like you know, fantasy, whatever stuff, lore, crap, elves and fucking dragons and all this shit. That caught my attention, and then the fact that all these guys are just degenerates, like they're they're all like kind of fucked up. Like they they don't do a whole lot, like you said, they don't do a whole lot of character development, but like like, like none. There, there's one part where two of them fall in love, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where the fuck did that come from? Okay, sure, why not? But uh, but for sure, a hundred percent of of all the characters, I would say Scanlan is like is like closest to being the most degenerate, like. Oh, 100%. Well, and and it was nice because he he was the one where like they did go a little bit off type. It's like they don't develop him. He's not very nuanced. Yeah. But like some of them are just like it's like I said, it's like okay, there there's Grog. He's a barbarian and he wants to fight. Like okay, at least he's a little bit different than your he's normal a, D&D character. I think he's supposed to symbolize like a bard. Yeah, he's a bard. A bard but where it's it's like a like his music does a physical manifestation of something. So he does like that mm-hmm. hand and all this other weird shit. And, and he happens to be a perv, which is like, yes, a guy that likes to fuck chicks. Awesome. But not just chicks, but yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, Aaron gave it a six. I gave it a five. Yeah. I would say I would give it a, I'll give it a six just to be nice. But yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. It wasn't like my favorite thing to watch, but it was still fun. I think the fact that it was a cartoon was why I didn't, rate it really high i I just not a big cartoon guy you know yeah you know i i think now particularly with with how cheaply they can do animation with uh computers like it, for some of these things it's worth it like they would never be able to get a live action show off the ground with something like this so like there's plenty of of even even books or stories or stuff i would happily watch if they were well animated cartoons but it was just like just just do a little bit better with the writing like that's really i think there were there were so many parts where I, I didn't even want to get into it. This could have just been a list of me being uh, – lists of things that annoyed me, jokes that I thought were dumb, and things that didn't make sense in the show. Yeah. And it was like it wouldn't have been that hard to fix. If they just did a little bit better, the show would have jumped up a lot for me because I, I love D&D fantasy type of stuff. But this, it like it just, it just yeah. didn't quite hold Did, me. I know you mentioned that you have listened to a podcast based mm-hmm. off of D and D games. Yes, and I don't know, is there a connection between the podcast you listen to and Vox Machina, or is it just you just randomly came across Vox Machina and you thought the concept was kind of cool? Yeah. Well, so yes and no. So, so the other one I, I watched was the the podcast is called. Not another D and D podcast, and they actually do very similar things to, to to this show, where it's like they're taking sort of archetypal D and D characters, but they really turn them on their heads. They make them really different and nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like like they have like a human warrior who just wants to fight, but then you kind of find out that he's actually like was kind of a loser where he came from yeah. and he's like super insecure. So he's like always talking about how huge his quads are and like it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a, but a re- reversal, but the, but they're different groups. Isn't so, so that was a completely different podcast. And I got to the end of that. I'm like, that was amazing. Like that was such an intricately woven story and there are great characters. Like, are there more D and D podcasts like this out there? So then I found critical role, which is the podcast that this show is based right. on. Okay. And I tried to listen to it and I got through like, Maybe two episodes. I'm like, oh no. Oh, so that was <laughs> the, okay. the same. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. So, so this one, when I listened to it, I'm like, well, the the voice acting is way better uh-huh. than than uh, Nadpod, but apparently, being a good voice actor does not automatically make you good at improv. <laughs> yeah. Because like it was sort of the same thing where like 
I couldn't really figure out why they were trying to do any of the quests they were doing, like how the people related to each other. They were kind of just like, like memeing and making like very surface level sex jokes. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm, which I'm I'm okay with, (laughs) which which is like, which is like, if that's, if that's like part of it, like great. Yeah. But if that's all there is, uh, I, that that sort of loses my interest. So I, I didn't make it very far into listening to Critical Role, and then I was excited when I saw this coming out. I'm like, oh, I remember how good they were at voice acting, and like, I'm sure, surely, yeah, <laughs> they <thought>. will have <laughs> cleaned that up and hired writers. And I think perhaps if they did hire writers, they were trying to be too faithful to the source material. Got it. That's that was going to be my second question. If if this was based off of the D and D podcast you had listened to, my question was going to be. How much of it was like sticking to what you heard in the podcast? Like, did they? But obviously, it's I, not based on the one you watched. I, I, so. I can't remember. So, I I think I might have come in on their second campaign, uh, and I because they they have like seasons. Like yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll yeah. you know so they'll go through a whole campaign and they'll start a new one with different characters. Uh-huh. So like I think I think this this might be on their first one, which I didn't listen to. But yeah, my understanding is that this is like semi. Based on their their first campaign, which again, I think might have been a little bit of a mistake. Yeah, like like take take the characters, develop them a little bit, get get them some better fucking dialogue, and let those voice actors shine because they they really are they were very good. So the big the biggest weakness is just a lack of good writing. Would you say putting I, together a cohesive? Uh, I, I think story. so. I mean, um, and and. Again, a lot of it to me when I watched this, it felt kind of rushed. Where, which again, where I was like confused. I'm like, why would you do this? They, you know, they they did this three story arc about a uh, a monster that they had to save the kingdom from. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, you could have just skipped that and then had more episodes to develop the main yeah. story. It was it was a little bit weird, but hopefully, I, I'm you know what? I'm I'm actually legitimately rooting for this to do well. Yeah, because I hope like it gets they, a second season they where they can it, yeah. yeah they can make it better and then. I I would I would be thrilled to see not another D and D podcast, eight K, the Bohemia Chronicles, get their own uh, their own show because that that show was hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah, I think you've talked to me about that one and how. Yeah, so so you know what? Here's the real recommendation: <laughs> fuck this show. <laughs> go 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 on uh, you know Spotify or iTunes or whatever and listen to not another D and D podcast. Uh, it's it's uh, a bunch of college humor alums. And that that like it starts off like a little bit shaky like this did, but like very quickly they find their footing and they get these really complex like intricate stories where they're they're goofing and they're memeing and then suddenly it gets serious. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, yeah, what's gonna happen to them? So I, that if uh, if you're if you're looking for D and D content, that would be my recommendation over Vox Machina. Which do you even know why they named it Vox Machina? Uh, because they're all, yes, I read the, in IMDB, there's like a trivia section yeah. and it's because, uh, they, they're all voice. Most of the group that play the D and D were yeah. voice actors. So it was like a play on voice machine. I, I looked that up because in the show, there's one part where they're like, like, Oh, it's actually a very clever play on words. And I'm like, is it though? And I yeah. look it up. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. No, not at all. <laughs> not, not even a little bit. <laughs> Cause I thought like re- you, you read the title and I'm thinking like ex machina, I'm thinking like there might even be like robots and kind of some kind of sci-fi element to the thing, but there's absolutely none. There's no. It's just all dragons and knights and elves and bards and all that shit. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing the LA Rams. 
the Rams are favored, uh, but I, I don't want the the crosstown rival LA Rams to get a Super Bowl before my LA Chargers do. So fucking let's go Bengals. Yeah, what I legitimately forgot it was the Super Bowl. Yeah, like because you you texted and you said you know could could we start at noon or one. And my first thought was like, dude, I tried to start at one the last time. Yeah. And and then we just took like an hour to get going. But I was like, why does Armando want to start so soon? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah. I uh, will not be watching. Also, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Aw. Do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, I do. I want to be at home beating off and editing this fucking podcast so that the audience. <laughs> at the same time? But pro- yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. It's gonna be during the Roman Emperor part, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> oh yep. no, Mondo. That's I, that's that's just wrong, man. No, I've been watching a lot of shitload of shows that have like released new seasons, like Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That was that was a very odd time to par- pause. You're like, I'm gonna be beating off. I've I've i I've watched a lot of shows that have released uh, uh, new seasons. Uh, <laughs> new seasons. What, um, what, what shows are those? Uh, Raised by Wolves. Oh, you're going to uh, beat off to the, the androgynous android, aren't you? Yep. Okay. Uh, just watched the first episode today, but also Ozark season four, the first mm. half of Ozark season four dropped, and I was like, whoa. Okay. You don't, you never watched, I think you tried, right, to watch Ozark? I watched the first episode, and I was like, eh. Just, yeah. It just didn't do it for me. It didn't hook you. I enjoyed it, and just like most, uh, what happens with most seasons is like when there's like this big gap between seasons. Mm-hmm. You kind of tend to lose a little interest, and they bring it back. And you're like, "Oh yeah, okay." So it takes a while to catch up to it. And uh, Ozark season four, the first half was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, a bunch of shit. Book of Boba Fett. Watched all that. That shit. That shit was amazing. That show was pretty fucking cool. Okay, up there with the Mandalorian thing. But yeah, uh, congratulations to Izzy as Adesanya who defended his belt against Robert Whitaker. Whitaker looked better than the first fight. Obviously, didn't get knocked out, but just couldn't do it. And then, Bam Bam to Ivasa, I was that was I thought for sure Derek Lewis is going to win that one, but he gets elbowed in the face and face planted. It sucks for him. Second time he's gotten embarrassed in his hometown. Yeah, but he wrestled. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, both of them kind of did a little cage grappling stuff, and yeah, yeah. but Derek had a nice takedown. Yeah. Inside trip. Yep. Um, but I don't have anything else to add to this episode. Do you have anything else to add? Nah, I'm just I, let's let's just wrap it up. I All told right. you in the beginning, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not feeling great. I managed to get my neck screwed up even more than it normally is. So I'm I was I was on the struggle bus today. Tried to, to power through it the best I could. So no, we we, we it was a uh, we did good. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for tuning in again. Once again, we are on Twitch. If you if you'd like to catch live videos of shit and talk shit to us and chat with us. You can catch us on Twitch. Our Twitch channel's name is Degenerates Clubhouse, easy to find. Or you can catch us on our YouTube channel, also the Degenerates Clubhouse YouTube channel, and chat with us on either one of those things. You know, one day we should we should promote these things towards the beginning of the episode when people might still be listening. <laughs> eh, eh. <laughs> no one has made it through this far. That, but I put it on the... I, I, I try to put it on the description so that if people actually read the description when they yeah. watch, they could actually like, oh, I yeah. can. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you guys next week. Uh, bye-bye.
Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 